Hi, my name is Aiden. And I'm Nate. And this is... On Air, an Ensemble Stars podcast. Alright, boys. Are, are we going to dance out in the storm right next to the storm clouds? Or is it the stained glass boat library today? You said you had a good idea for the intro. <laughs> you know, it's an OnStars joke. Okay. So the music video for the Alkaloid song is really good. Yeah. Getting right in, getting right into our new segment, opening with Believe Four Leaves being incredible, because it is. Okay, the song is fine. I don't, I don't care about the song. Whatever, the song is great. It. The song's whatever, but the music video is magnificent. Probably the best OnStars music video ever. Can't wait for a unit that I really like to get that kind of treatment. It seems like they've been like building up to this because it seems like all the music videos that have come out recently have been like this, where instead of just them performing on a stage, they're in like a setting. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of OnStars is like leaning really hard into theatrics right now. So Mm -hmm. I guess it makes sense that the music videos would also become more dramatic or theatrical. It's, it's an era of OnStars content that I am excited uh, to, be, to be diving into. Yeah, no, I love this video. I mean, I've liked... I love their stupid Final Fantasy Skyboat. <laughs> I've liked um, most of the OnStars music videos lately. Like, some of the initial ones weren't that good, but I really do think they just, like, get better and better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. There hasn't been a music video that came out that I thought was shit. In since maybe the Fine Trickstar crossover. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was really bad, but... What I really like about this video is that all of them get to be the captain. There's not one right, of them... they're like all like simultaneously flying wearing, the ship. Yeah, they're wearing the same outfit. I think it seems like Tatsumi is the only one who actually does any captaining because he's the one at the wheel. Which is so funny because like canonically, he's the one of them that like drives, but I'm pretty sure that he is like an insane driver. That's hilarious. Um, I I mean, no wonder he drove them right into a fucking storm that they then proceeded to dance in because they're such magical boys and they love life so much. I love how when it's like raining outside and they're like on the deck, one, I love how this airship like turns into a pirate ship just so they can <laughs> yeah, dance outside. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I, I, I kept on getting confused. Like, is it a blimp or does it have a deck? It's whatever <laughs> you want it to be, man. It's the world of tomorrow. I also thought it was really funny how it was just kind of raining everywhere except for on the deck that they were dancing on. Yeah, they um, managed to avoid it. I, like I said, I think they're like next to the storm clouds. So this is this is Mayo's like first five star event ever. Wow, and he's already made a big splash by practically throwing himself out of the sky. Um, I have been looking forward to this event for, like, so long. Like, I've been expecting his, um, like, center event forever. Because, like, everybody, literally everybody else has got one. Some of people have gotten Many people have gotten two. And I know that they were, like, saving Mm -hmm. it, I guess, for, like, a time when it made more sense for the event to take place. Um, What do you mean? Why, Why didn't it make sense before? Because they were, like, pushing, like... Uh, main story and like there were like things that had to get done for the narrative if that makes mm. sense plus they had to stay on schedule with like shuffles it makes sense that it took this long um 
but that really like made the anticipation high but like my expectations for the music video were definitely met i love the song mm. i love the mv my expectations was, were far exceeded everybody is like you know clowning on the outfits because they're like so ugly and at first i thought they were ugly too okay but they've really grown on me and i like them a lot no i've gone on the same journey when i first saw them i was like that teal color is a terrible decision but then i saw them all being each each of them being their own captain all together, <laughs> Tatsumi is the captain of the wheel, Hiro is the captain of spinning the globe, Ira is the captain of being scared and little, Neo <laughs> is the captain of killing himself. <laughs> um, I love- And they're all the captain of dance. I love his, I love his, like, confidence. I like that he really went for it. And, you know, sometimes- it's a little silly, fucking silly when he like growls. Like that shit is so funny. Yeah, but it's um, righteous. But it is. Well, I'm I'm so happy for him. I'm looking for. He's my favorite Alkaloid member, and I love Alkaloid. And I genuinely think that they're like one of the best units, especially like when it comes to like choreography and music videos and songs. Yeah, I really, really love them. The I always dancing. enjoy their work so much. I find their dancing so charming. <laughs> it's stupid as hell. That's they part just of wiggle. what makes it charming. No, but yeah, really, really excited. Let's talk about let's talk about the cards a little. I find it funny how Mary's unbloomed like looks like the bloomed version <laughs> when the unbloomed version. I mean, when the bloomed version looks like the. Hmm. So his unbloomed is the one where he's gripping this. Is that a sword? It looks like a sword. I don't know what he's doing with the Maybe sword. A spear. There's not a sword in the music video, well, but a, that would have been awesome. I mean, if he's a pirate, then I get it. Sure, maybe so. Um. Yeah, I agree. I totally would have thought that the bloomed was the unbloomed. Um. It's cool. Love the angle. Love the hands. Um. I like the cards it's a departure for sure from his like usual aesthetic which i really like so i'm kind of disappointed in that sense but um i like that it like the aesthetic is different but also like his demeanor is different so it makes sense mm. he's kind of like stepping into this role sure um yeah and so overall i really character. like it and i'm really excited i'm excited to read the story i think the outfit looks good in the in in the card the yeah. outfit no, looks I like it. bad on on like Ira in this card. I don't know. I think it looks fine. The purple and the teal just take it takes a second to get used to. The when we're recording this, the event hasn't started yet, so we'll definitely talk about it more next week mm, after yeah. we have some like story info. Ira's card unbloomed is super cute. I kind of want the Ira card. Get it. You know I will, bitch. Um <laughs> So, okay, let's move on We can on also to... talk about the new shoe card. Ugh. He's doing kind of a pirate thing as well. Yeah. But also kind of a philosopher king, like that one Kato card, mm -hmm. with this with this book about space here, and and the, the, the tassels and the... These celestial pendants what the fuck is going He's, on man the story the story is like in reference to a um a goddess of i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> um so that could play that could play into it the premise of this gotcha is going to be that 
Chucky and Kid are in Paris, and they're all like gonna film this shoot together, and so they're staying with you in the oh. meantime. So it seems like it's gonna be a pretty lighthearted, um, that... not extremely significant story. Aww. It'll be cute, though. I'm excited to read a story where Shu and Chiaki interact more. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they have the potential for uh, something of an interesting dynamic. Um, yeah, they've, elaborate. they've interacted before, but definitely mm-hmm. not very much. Uh, so that's exciting. I was, when this card dropped, I was just in a state of shock. Yeah, Nate was, like, sitting next to me um, on the couch and just went silent for the next 30 minutes and would not reply. (laughs) Um, It's no secret that she was my favorite, and I knew that he was going to get a gotcha soon, but I was really hoping that it would not be this gotcha because (laughs) I've got... uh, we also have the Hajime feature scout like at the same time Mm -hmm. and that's like a lot going on for me all at once Mm -hmm. and the mayo event which you have to do yeah you probably won't have to spend diamonds on no but the thing i I have such a terrible history with yeah just incredibly bad and so it's really hard for me to enjoy them anymore um or at least enjoy like trying to scout in them because i've never gotten one Nate's been playing for like five years and has never gotten a shoe gacha card except or, except when he bought one. Yeah, I had to I had to ticket one where you could like choose the card you wanted to get his uh, Nocturne, which at the time that was his only gacha card, and yeah. so I didn't know the history ahead of me for his next five gachas. I would not get him. Um, but Hajime, on the other hand, always comes home every time first try. This future scout was no exception, and so I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. So even if I don't get, even if I don't get shoot tomorrow or tonight, I guess ugh, it'll be okay. So let's talk about the Hajime future scout when the because Haj- oh my god, <laughs> this story is a metaphor for exploring your gender identity, and not even a particularly veiled one. No, it's incredibly obvious. Hajime, Hajime has all these concerns about people's expectations of him, and he's not even sure about how he wants to present, because what if he changes his mind in the future and he feels pulled in all these different directions, but eventually he's able to you know, sort of resolve to just be who he feels like he is in this moment. And who mm-hmm. he feels like he is um, is wearing a dress. Yeah, okay, so let's backpedal just a little. Um, we both read a translation of this story, which we will have linked anytime that we're talking about uh, stories we read translated, as long as the translator is okay with it, we're just going to link them so you can read them and to credit the translator. So we there was a translation done for this feature story incredibly quickly, um, yeah. <laughs> so we're very grateful for that, but honestly, can you blame them? It's so good. I am obsessed with every aspect of this future scout the reveal has it been revealed before now that naru is a member of the manasaki tea club now i have i don't know but it was an incredibly pleasant surprise yes yes to me because i didn't know that the tea club now being ritsu naru and hajime exceeds expectations that as perfect as it could get it um 
it just when when the unbloomed for this card dropped, I literally like yelled out loud. We we thought it was Ritsu and Ichi. Yeah, I because of the blonde, I thought it was Ichi, which I would have preferred it to be Ichi just because I. I miss Tea Club really bad. Yeah. But I'm not, you know, I'm not terribly disappointed. Uh, and she was fantastic in this story. Incredibly mm. sweet. She's so cute. She, she really was there for him. Um, I just love, I love how everybody just, like, instinctively wants to, like, dote on Hajime. Because, mm-hmm. like, it, yeah, that's what he deserves. <laughs> He's just a little guy. God, seeing him with the blue tie. I know. Wow. Out. Blue tie, how do you say? grown. Um, one thing that I really noticed while reading this story that I already knew, but wow, they just, I just, I, I feel like, I feel like it's really, really prominent here is Ritsu is kind of flaming. <laughs> Ritsu Sakuma is just a really gay person. That's... Definitely true. I don't know why you think it's more obvious in this story than other ones. I think mostly because I mostly read about Ritsu with knights, and Ritsu doesn't really hit on anyone in knights except Sena sometimes. Mm. Um, but with 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 Hajime, he's he's uh, he's infatuated with Hajime. Um, Hajime is also flaming um, towards Tomoya when 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 Tomoya comes up and he's like, "Hey man, what's up?" And Hajime's just like, "I'm just so happy just to so see happy you here." With it a was little so smile cute. and a music note. Ah, I have I have known in my heart for so long that Hajime is not cis, but this is absolute confirmation. I am so fucking happy. I think it's so cute how he like is like. Oh, I just, I just want to express myself, and I also want to help like other boys express themselves. <laughs> just absolutely flawless. The un- the artist flawless. Yeah, the it's so fucking cute. Story is great. I could not ask for more. It is so good. Um, wow, just wow. <laughs> What is uh what is up with this personal outfit thing? Because that was also a theme for Hinata's gotcha uh, last uh, last week. What is this, is this something that a lot of characters have been have had stories about? Is this like an initiative within uh, Ensemble Square? It might be. Honestly, I don't know. Hmm. I know in this story it's mentioned how all the other members of Rabbits like chose their personalized outfits. Right, but we haven't had gotchas showing us those outfits, have we? I don't know, because honestly, I haven't read most of the future Scout stories. Yeah. Because, like, most characters, I just don't care enough to, like, read a random idol story for. Right. Well, now um, we've started this podcast, we won't be out of the loop on anything again. Well, yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, I also just want to mention that on Hajime's outfit, he has this little menu, which has, like, four T's listed on it, which are the corresponding T's to him in Ritsu and Eichi and Tori, which is so fucking cute from the Black Tea Gacha, uh-huh. which are also in his idol song, like his solo. Such a good callback. They they really are. They are they are um, oh. really engaging with the sort of past of the franchise. Speaking of callbacks, the bad boy reference... Yeah, no. In this idol story. I, 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 I was like, was like, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> that, that's been a long time. That was like a 2016 gotcha, I mm-hmm. think. 
I, I know I know that to some extent I'm having my nostalgia milked. Um, <laughs> but I don't care. But it feels like good, monsters. right? It feels so good to be milked. <laughs> okay, so let's move on from... Is that everything to talk about? Um, they're, they're releasing an album of Shuffle Unit songs next month with I'll Be With You, Moonlit Disco, and Noir Neige. Okay, cool. Not a big deal, but... <laughs> nothing, nothing crazy. Moonlight Disco and Noir Neige are, are really good songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So is I'll Be With You. Good to be reminded of them. Oh, I'll Be, I'll be With You is fine. It's good, whatever. You, you <laughs> always, like, dislike songs more than me. I, I am much harder on OnStar songs, which is funny, because you're much harder on non-OnStar songs than I am. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I just love OnStars, so... I don't know, it probably, like, makes me like songs more, even if I wouldn't like them nearly yeah. as much independently. Um, but, I mean, there's no bad shuffle. There's no bad shuffles. There's no bad su- shuffle songs, so. In my opinion, <laughs> I like all of them. I, you know... You um, know, A to Z was kind of weak, but... Ring a Bell is just a huge disappointment to me because because Leo, Aichi, and Kato is the, the the dream lineup of, of character interactions for me. But then Midori and Mao just thrown in haphazardly, like you really couldn't think of better characters. Like I what, think they Madara make perfect sense. maybe could It's not in there? no listen, it's not about it's not about, you know, what char- like the dream lineup or whatever, like what characters you want to see interact. It's like about I mean, it's called a shuffle unit for a reason. I wish that okay. they went more abstract with characters. I wish that they pulled them out of hats and shoved them together. Mm, Some Dada of them feel like unit. that, but, you know. Sort of Tristan Sarah I've been unit. burnt because I wanted a Halloween shuffle with oh. um, Mika and Ritsu and Mayo and Yuta and Koga. have been about this for years. So fucking much. Like, that's my dream shuffle, and my dreams got dashed, so... Uh, <laughs> so I've accepted that it's fine that they don't need to be characters that would actually interact. Um, so I guess let's talk about the stories that we read. Uh, right. So moving on to going all the way fucking back to the to the first event and first gotcha. Do you know? Do you know like when when the OnStars app was released? Did the main story like was it already fully available to read, or did they release it in installments like they did with with music? Um, you could read. You would unlock the main story by leveling up your rank, right. and so you would just level up your rank until you had it all unlocked. I'm pretty sure that all of it was there. Okay. Like if you ranked up fast enough. So okay. So this. The the Sakura Festival and marching band stories did were were released after the main story properly. I guess basically. Hmm. Well, see, I'm curious because both of the stories I noticed kind of seem to imply that the DDD hasn't happened yet. I also had that same thought. I also was like, damn, has the DDD happened yet? It doesn't seem like it. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like it hasn't, which is weird. Sakura Festival in particular is weird. It feels like they don't acknowledge the events of the main story like at all, which is weird because the main story would be happening like around this story. Mm -hmm. It could be that this story came out and they expected for people to read it before main story or mm-hmm. in the middle of it because mm-hmm. people were probably like in the middle of unlocking main story. Yeah. 
And so it could just be that it was like, you know, we don't want to spoil main story. We don't want to like reference it too much. So they right. kind of like kept the bare bones of like, you know, student council bad, trick star good, kind of rising uh-huh. heroes. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> Damn, that that could have been that could have been totally avoided if they'd just not done a trick star event off the bat. Yeah, but, but they had to, right? I the main story is one big trick star event. Yeah, but it's not, you, you didn't play event. Yeah. You know, it's not, like, the same. I guess. Um, let's talk about the outfits first. So, the Sakura Festival outfits are kind of bad. They're really ugly, honestly. I don't, the why thing, did they make them beige? Some of them are beige, some of, oh, oh I think all the jackets are beige, actually. Yeah, all the, they, they've got beige jackets, and teal vests. Spring events in OnStars are very commonly beige. Fascinating. So I'm Why not surprised. Why not fucking pink like the Sakura petals? They're also pink. They're pink uh, and beige. Uh, I don't know. I think that's red. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Close enough. Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't love these outfits. The cards are actually not that bad especially compared to the OnStars circus cards which we'll talk about next week which i think are yeah. kind of shit the circus cards are worse than these but these still aren't very good OnStars has come so far in the yes. art department it's come a very long way these are like fine honestly they're like fine but they're OnStars has done so much better mm. i don't particularly like the outfits but i don't find them offensive they're not like that bad no i agree I would not want any of these cards, though. <laughs> Neither. If I had them, I would probably I would probably shove them into storage. <laughs> um, As for the marching band cards... The marching band cards, I think, are worse. Huh. None of those is cute as hell. I think that it... There's something real weird about the bloomed. There's something really, really weird okay. about it. The angle is bizarre. This is like th- this is this reminds me of that scene in Stardust Crusaders where Polnareff is like limbo. Yes, <laughs> no, that's exactly what it broken. is. Yeah, um, no, you're right. The pose is weird. I I think probably almost every other Bloom's Nazana card is better than this one, but mm-hmm. it's still Nazana and it's cute. Um, the unbloomed for Nazana is adorable. It's awesome. I. Um, I don't know. I don't really like it, but I also don't like Nazana that much, so I don't have, like, an extra layer of like to protect him (laughs) from criticism. Um, the Soccer Fest story, I have definitely read before, but it's been so long. Um, and having just come off the main story and Mm -hmm. then reading Soccer Fest, it's actually really, really interesting. Uh huh. I agree. The timing, the timing of it is the main thing for me. It's insane. But um, but but t- t- tell me what what really caught your attention. Even like the concept, because we were talking about like how the Dragon King Fest is like supposed to be like a traditional martial arts dream fest, and how mm-hmm. you were talking about how Ichi like put the dream fest system into place like the year before yeah soccer fest is also said to be like in a traditional dream fest right and so i think that this reinforces like what i said about um ichi just kind of like changing the system instead of completely like Mm -hmm. putting a new system in place 
Because this is like this isn't since it's not something that was just like mentioned once. It doesn't seem like a continuity error to me. Sure, sure. Or I mean, maybe it was retconned down the line. One thing, uh, going back to the fucking timing thing, Hokuto calls this Sakura Festival performance the decisive performance that will divine the fate of Trickstar. Like, no, actually, that's coming up in two weeks. It's called the DDD. You know about that. It's so it's so strange how they just ignore the main story like that. But don't you think that, like, if they they don't do well in Soccer Fest, that would it impact their DDD performance? How? What? Because, like, well, there's morale, but also, like, mm. there's would be, like, more or less support depending on if people saw them and like them at this performance. I guess if, I guess they basically split up in the main story. They split up, like, the moment they found out about the DDD. So I guess it would make sense if this took place either before they found out about the DDD and Ichi came back and made his offer, like, after yeah, the maybe. DDD, and they're like, this is the next DDD Sakura <laughs> Festival. Um, but of course, it could have been any live, and they would have said that about it for dramatics. No, you're right. It's on stars. There's a lot of funny stuff in this story. A lot of, like, just funny, stupid little moments, which I found pretty enjoyable, honestly. I really liked how lighthearted this was without, like, sacrificing the on-stars dramatics, like with Subaru. Yeah. Subaru, like, seems to have newly discovered nudity. He's very yeah. excited about it. <laughs> I also made a note about how he offered to show Makasan to Anzu naked, like, <laughs> as an apology. I also thought it was really funny how... Um, one of, I don't remember who it was, but one of them were like, oh, usually the position of Sakura Fest is like given to a unit who's got a member in student council, but oh. this year Trickstar is like getting it and it's supposed to, it's like, oh, wow. wow. Really shaking up the status quo. Except for, did you, <laughs> really kicking did the you forget? Tree. That Mao is in student council. This story takes place in an alternate universe, it's I've decided. It's so funny. But the thing is that the, they reference how Mao is in student council, like, many times in this story. Um, it, it's so funny uh, how Trickstar is, like, tr treated, like, as, like, these revolutionaries. And I know in a lot of ways they are, sure. But with both, like, the war having pretty much just happened and then also Mao being in student council yeah. which and and how little conflict that actually ever causes yeah it's right, really funny Kato, kato's like follow your heart man uh -huh. <laughs> it doesn't matter right like they literally brought their a uh, soccer fest plans like to kato and he was like listen i got this i'm going to take care of everything for you and it was like really funny i don't know um I thought that it was interesting how Hokuto and Subaru were at each other's throats and everyone was like, oh, this always happens when it didn't in the main story. <laughs> like at all. Yeah. I mean, I, Hokuto was like playfully rude to Subaru, but it, and Subaru was playfully annoying, but it was all like just banter. Mm -hmm. but, Do you think there's any way that this story was actually written before main story was finished? That, you know what? That's that's a good theory. Mm. Maybe, I didn't yeah, look. Maybe. I didn't look at who wrote this story. Ooh. Akira. Akira. Um. I. I did really genuinely enjoy reading this event. It was not too long. 
It didn't overstay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I looked at Circus. It's a lot longer. It's more intimidating. Sakura Festival, this story is short as shit. I, I don't think there's been an event story this short in years. I don't know. I th- There's a lot of like older stories, event stories, that are pretty, pretty short. But anyway, yeah, um, but reading about Trickstar for six chapters is no problem. I think that it's interesting how, I mean, this is definitely apparent in Main's story, too. Mm. How, like, Mao is, like, just constantly, like, othered by Trickstar in the story. Because they, like, are always hanging out without him. Yeah. And, I mean, he's physically, like, in a different class from them. Plus, he's a member of student council, mm-hmm. which they're supposed to be, like, going up against... Um, which I just find really interesting. And then like, he, he's a, always okay with it. Yeah, he's not, he, he's not like, oh, I feel so left out because they do shit without me or, or whatever. Like, he, I just, I don't know. I think, I think that's just an interesting little dynamic that's like, really, I feel, uh, has to be intentional on like all of those angles. I, that that kind of that kind of relates to um, s- something I noted down about Mao. Like kind of the most interesting part of this story for me, because it ties back to what I was talking about about like Aichis and therefore the stories like running themes of conflict between individualistic desires and sort of community oriented uh, thinking. When Mao is trying to get Subaru down from the tree and talking about you know, the great world of idols that they can, like, build and be a part of together. Mao illustrates very explicitly an individualistic philosophy where he says, don't you think that um, the thing that makes Trickstar special is that we're all our own people and we shine in our own ways. Mm-hmm. We don't blend in with each other. We, 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 aren't, we aren't just a group we're 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 four talented people um who happen to be friends and uh then this sort of theme is reinforced in the end when subaru like comes back on stage like at the last minute after avoiding everyone for days on end but it's like all good because he was doing his own thing to help out Mm -hmm. um it seems like this story it seems like mao and Subaru and this story um, all sort of agree that uh, c- collaboration and cooperation is not entirely necessary. Hmm. Well, let's talk about Subaru. So last week when we were discussing main story, you had come to the conclusion that you liked him. Um, and I said, I don't like him in anything except for main story. Mm. That holds true for me in this story. I found him extremely obnoxious. And uh, I did not sympathize with him at all. Uh, I I can understand how people would like sympathize with him, but I felt more annoyed that the story was trying to get me to when mm. his actions were very obnoxious and like unsympathetic. Yeah, this might be clear from what I'd said earlier, but I seriously think they let Subaru off the hook way too easily. <laughs> Definitely, like you. He basically, like, they went through this discussion of um, why he needed to show up for Sakura Fest and why it was important. And then he was like, okay. And then he went and did the thing he wanted to anyway and just so happened Uh 
to also be able to do Sacro Fest. Because he went to go do the flower viewing and he was like, oh, while I was there, I like promoted Trickstar. And they were like, oh, you did good. And yeah, it's like, come no, the you fuck s- on, man. This guy just gets to be selfish, but he's like special. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. I thought it was kind of going off topic. Um, I thought that the, the little bits between Mao and Shinobu were really, really cute. God, when Shinobu described himself as an indoor type ninja god it was so fun the, the way that Mao's like the way that Mao's like oh yeah i know a guy and then he goes to shinobu <laughs> right to to just I was sit so on the curious roof. i was so curious who the guy would be um Mao Mao being like really supportive of shinobu like being a ninja it was fucking sweet it i was, like Mao. it was good um Mao is Mao, Mao is is Mao is the only one who would listen to his ninja podcast. Oh, <laughs> um, I think Nazuna would too, just to edit it. Nazuna, um, Nazuna would help Shinobu edit his ninja podcast. Sure. I think this is true. Sure, I mean you know he's always like wanting to help out his underclassmen with their passion projects. So yeah. Um. Also, also, this story, um, I, I said, you know, on the first episode of this podcast that I don't care for Koga. Um, Nate's been telling me for a long time, oh, Koga is cute. You would like him if you just read about him. And I was like, okay, I mean, sure. But I'm not gonna, because I don't care. But, <laughs> uh, but Koga was fucking cute in this story. I like Koga now. Um, I'm really glad. Koga is so cute and sweet, and... Yeah, he definitely is cute in this story. Too. When he was when he was like grovel on the floor for me, bitch, and Mal was like, okay, and Koga, <laughs> Koga got all embarrassed. Like, why, why do you think I didn't mean for you to actually do it. <laughs> um, it was a good interaction that really showcased both of their personalities. Yeah, definitely. No, I d- I thought that too when I read it. Um, lots of good moments. I think this is a really strong first event for OnStars. Yeah, honestly. Frankly. And if I had started playing around that time, I, I think I would have really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I would have been pulled in. Um, Let's move on to marching band. I don't have nearly as much to say. Yeah, I have very little to say. I have, I have this to say. I didn't know Tomoya had a little sister. Mm. Do you think oh, she you knows know he's that? gay? Yeah, no, 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 I've never heard that. I, I don't know where I've heard that, but I did know that. I mm. mean, it, I'm sure it's just been mentioned several times. Well, but isn't like being isn't being like a big brother like a thing for him? Well, that's Nazana's thing. It's Nazana's thing, but it, it it's also Tomoya's thing. There was um there was like a big in Old On Stars. There was like a a live bonus called Big Bro Bonus that had I think Leo Kuro and Tomoya. Really. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember Leo and Kuro being in there. I, I no, I think Tomoya. he was in there. I mean, he probably was because it's I could be in the wrong. first story that he has a little sister. Anyway, that's that's cute. Um, so marching band. I found it interesting how this story like was directly like took place directly alongside of the event story. Yeah, they don't do that that much anymore. I feel like it you know, probably as like time went on and the timeline got like less tight when it came to like both releasing stories at like that took place in the universe at the same time they were being released Mm -hmm. and like stuff like that that definitely gotches in events like straight away from each other quite a lot so it was interesting to like see this story that was 
basically just another side of the event story. Yeah, I, I wonder if the pattern will, I wonder if and for how long the pattern will hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I also want to say that the two halves of this story, right, there's, there's Nazna and Hajime's mm-hmm. and Tomoya and Mitsuru, and, and never the twain shall meet, but Anzu is a go-between between both of them. Right. But they contradict each other directly. It seems like both can't possibly happen, because in Nazna's story, Anzu comes back and says, hey, Tomoya is looking for Mitsuru, he'll be back with Mitsuru. And and so that way, Anzu can witness what ha- ha- Hajime and Nazana do afterwards. But in Tomoya's story, Anzu comes and helps Tomoya look for Mitsuru, and they all go back together. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of an alternate timelines thing here again. Even 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 at this point, when it's when when you know stories and events are taking place at the same time as each other, and at the same time as it is in the real world, they're they're they're. Di- Continuity is weird. It's rubbery. Yeah, I I don't see. I definitely don't see that as like a flaw within On Stars. I really really like even when it's like little mistakes like that. I always think it's fun and interesting. Um, and especially now that we like get to talk about, you know, we have this podcast to talk about On Stars. So I like. I like getting to talk about stuff like that. And like, even if it doesn't mean anything, I I like the implications of it. Um, about how on starts is like a thousand splintering timelines. <laughs> yes, yeah, they <laughs> the should time do loop a... theory, all that stuff. Um, There's an on stars time loop theory. Yeah, you know, because I like keep reliving the same year. Okay, that used to be really prominent, but now it's mostly just for jokes. That um, makes sense because oh. yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I th- I much prefer to think of all these stories as being crammed into one year. That's like yeah. a more fun way to think about it, I, I feel. I like that too. Um, but, you know, there's no wrong there's no wrong way to enjoy it. It's all fun. Anyway, this story was cute and fine, but it's definitely not rabbits at their best. I feel like all these no. characters still have yet to come into their own. This story was really, really funny. The way that uh, Nazuna and Hajime were like, okay, let's like wait, you know, ten minutes more minutes before they get here and then it's just like silence they just sit there (laughs) for 10 minutes waiting for Anzi or Tomoya to come back I don't remember who but I don't know seems in character to me and the way that Nasuno is like okay let's be a marching band and he uh, he gives Hajime a flute and then takes a baton and he really is trying to convince everyone that like Hajime playing the flute and him like swirling a baton is a marching band Mm -hmm. Um, and then Especially the way- since Hajime says that he's playing like fucking chopsticks, basically. He doesn't know how to play that well. He's just he doesn't know that many going, songs. Wee, wee, but at the end of the day, he's the only one that actually knows how to play the instrument. And Mitsuru and Tomoya are just making noise. Like, I know they sound like shit. Oh. They sound so bad. I can't even imagine how bad they sound. Oh, I would still find it cute, though. Um, so basically their idea is terrible and executed absolutely terribly, but it's so funny how they get to just do this, how they can just like do this, how they can just show up to Sakura (laughs) Fest and just like start incredibly shittily playing instruments and yelling. Like while Trickstar is performing, (laughs) like completely drowning them out. 
Um, yeah, that's magnificent. I yeah, I like how Nazuna like has that idea and then goes to execute it immediately. I also like with how he, no forethought or planning at all. I also like how he like seems to have had in his mind for a long time the concept of trying to advertise rabbits at Sakura Fest, but he had no concrete ideas about it until the day of. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> Um, I am surprisingly entertained by these early on star stories. I have always had the impression, maybe just because the art was kind of shitty back then, that early on star stories would not be that good. And they're certainly not as good um, as as some of the later stuff, but it still really, really feels like on stars, and it's fun. Definitely. I, I think that these stories like being short and kind of fun and not too like heavy or dramatic is really good for when they came out like basically being alongside main story mm-hmm. like you we've got enough of that in main story and so i really like that they felt kind of fresh after um reading main story um and but still like retained still like retained like that that like hint of like character and drama and, and whatever you know what i mean yeah even so, you're describing main story as being really dramatic and it is in comparison to these stories but main story has not a hint of the drama that some of the later stories no that's have, definitely have, true have but like this i'm kind of like trying to get into the mindset of like on stars is new this is what we have this is what i've experienced of it yeah. and not like trying to compare too much to like modern on stars which is just batshit insane yeah just absolutely fucking insane uh-huh. um yeah but kind of more were... like just take it for what it is uh, that's another thing about these stories things were so simple mm-hmm. which which i think like makes like these stories like so fun to read mm-hmm. because like when a when a new on stars story come comes out these days i don't always like look forward to them because I feel like there's been, like, a lot of unnecessary, like, drama and angst and, like, weirdness, um, fucking politics and backstabbing and all, like, this crazy stuff that, like, definitely has been in OnStars, but they just kind of, like, keep having to up the stakes, which makes sense because it's, like, an ongoing story. But I also just think that OnStars should dial it back a little in general. I say that, but I... But I was like so hyped for the the belief for Lisa theme. Yeah, which is <laughs> as over the top as it gets. But that's not narratively over the top. No, it's because it, it's not not really happening. Mm-hmm. I I definitely have not particularly liked the direction that OnStars was heading for a while. But I have to say that like the past couple of stories after like after the final SS have like been a lot more enjoyable um Mm -hmm, more mm -hmm. like down to earth um and kind of like stepping away from like what they've been doing which is like a a nice break for me from like the fucking craziness that was like all of the ss stories Mm -hmm. that just came out um so i'm i'm looking forward now again to onstar stuff there's a while when i just didn't really look forward to anything that was going on um, if you don't look forward to anything in OnStars, you don't look forward to anything at all. Yeah, basically. So I guess that's all we really have to say on 
soccer fest and marching band. If you haven't read old OnStar stories, go read them. Um, a lot of them still have translations up on like Dreamwith and places like that. Yeah, they're really good and they're really fun. They're really sweet, um, and they give you know they give you an idea of what OnStar's used to be and how far it's come. So, I recommend. I recommend especially soccer fest marching band. You could probably do without. Uh, so let's move on to our ending segment. Did you come up with a prompt for us? No, not this time. I gotta think of one again. Sorry, I'll do it. I'll actually do it next week. Okay. <laughs> um, while, while Aiden is thinking, I will remind you again that we do take prompt suggestions for our outro segment, which you can send them to onair, E-N-A-I-R podcast at gmail.com or on twitter which is also e-n-a-i-r podcasts uh if you are dying to hear our opinions which i know nobody is but <laughs> <laughs> which on stars characters would fare the best in a zombie apocalypse oh lord madara of course madara would probably do well an efficient killer uh, he can cook his own food. He's competent as fuck. Mm-hmm. A ruthless killer. If Leo got bit, oh, yeah. Madara would not hesitate. Yeah, that's a really important quality. I, th- I definitely think that, like, you know, selfishness is, like, the most important self, uh, uh, self-preservation quality. Sure. So I would say characters who are willing to... Characters who are willing to... But, you know, there's also the argument to be made that, like, teamwork makes the dream work. Well, that argument could be made, but Mao and Subaru are not interested in making it. <laughs> um, it seems neither was Akira when he wrote uh, Sakura Fest. I, I, let, I think... I do think that Subaru would outlive all of the other members of Trickstar. Mm. But, would, but at what okay, cost? Here's, you know? Here's, here's another question. Who is immune to the zombie apocalypse? What? Who? You know how, like, in all the zombie movies, there's, like, that one person who gets bit, and they're like, oh, I'm going to turn into a zombie, but they don't? Oh, okay. So who who can't get turned into a zombie? You, well, you know what? I think that Watru would get turned into a zombie, but not change at all. Really? Like, continue to behave the same way. No, but oh, nothing you mean, like- works the same way that it does for everyone else for Watru. That's true. He would be, like, um, uh, warm bo- that movie Warm Bodies. That's yes. a good movie, by the way. I think I think that Ritsu and Rei would be immune because they're already vampires. That's so true. No, I I agree. It would, Ritsu and Rei are the immune ones. So Ritsu Ritsu would probably just chill out and just end up going to a zombie school. No, but that's the thing is that like the zombies would still try to kill him, right? So he's still gotta like be careful. Oh. But okay. you know he just he just won't catch it, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. I think Leo would be the first to get turned. I think he would bring the zombie curse to the rest of the school. Why? He's always out. He's always out doing some weird shit. He's always out stepping in shit. That's true, but I feel like that doesn't have anything to do with like zombie virus. Like he goes, he goes to Europe and does experimental European drugs. That doesn't turn you into a zombie. Like we're talking about, like a viral infection. That is spread from one when person did to we another. Specify it had to be a virus. Because how else? How else is it going to spread like that quickly? Enough for us to not like just contain all of them and like no, kill okay. them. No, that makes sense. No, that yeah. makes sense. Okay, it's a virus. 
I think rabbits would survive. Like I, the thing about, about what I said about teamwork, I think they really like master like survival out there. For they sure, they stick no, together right. no matter what. They all play to each other's strengths. Mm-hmm. They have an excellent rapport with mm-hmm. one another, so there's not going to be any infighting. And they're fucking, they're tough. But the problem is that if one of them gets bit, I don't think any of the others will be able to like send them away or kill them. I think that like if someone got bit, they would just like chop off their limb. Okay. Yeah, no. Sure. They're smart but like the, that. But yeah, they would come up with like creative solutions like that. Yeah. So I, I think that rabbits would fare the best. In it. Because you have like characters that are like like closer knit and more dedicated to each mm. other when, you know, looking from like the teamwork perspective, like I said. But I feel like that would be detrimental. And ironically, Undead would, would I think like every member of Undead would not last very long. Right. Because they don't give a shit about each other, really. I mean, you Kauru know, would we be have... one of the first to go. Oh, Guaranteed. absolutely. Absolutely. We, well, we talked about how Ray had immunity. I think that he would, yeah. like, like be that guy that, like, pops up and has just been, like, living by himself in, like, a decrepit old house, like, throughout the entire zombie For apocalypse. Sure. And, like, the main characters, like, stumble across him. And he gives them uh, sage wisdom, mm-hmm. but, like sort of vague and stupid because he's vague and stupid (laughs) yeah um i think kanata would survive the zombie apocalypse effortlessly without even noticing that there is a zombie apocalypse Mm. Mm -hmm. he would just kind of drift through life like (laughs) y'all are acting a little weird (laughs) but i like it so are you implying that he has immunity too because like if he's not like reactive then like he's gonna be a zombie He's just special. Right. Okay, that's good enough. You know what? That's good enough. He's just special. He's Kanata. Yeah. Damn, I want to make like a, a serious zombie apocalypse say you now. Yeah, we can I'm discuss so this I'm so into again like on... zombie. Yeah, I know, baby. Zombies and shit. <laughs> or like apocalypse. We'll stuff. we'll update y'all again next week with our with our, our <laughs> developed zombie apocalypse. Our outro AU. segment just becomes us talking about our zombie apocalypse AU. Yeah, until someone says us a question, we might very well do that. Okay. I feel like this episode was good. Bye. Bye. <laughs>